0: Hola. This is Maria Plata and I am here to tell you all about the random things I learn every day. I am a mom, a wife, a teacher, a highly sensitive person, and just a creative soul who wants to share my day-to-day learning with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and let's get talking. Hello and welcome to the Plata Life Podcast, Season Three, Episode Twenty Two. In today's episode, I interview my friend Lisette, who's a wonderful HSP, and she has been with me since the very beginning of me starting this whole journey as uh, I don't know what to call it—person that helps HSPs. Um, she's just a wonderful human being, and I can't wait for you to hear all that she has to share. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Plata Life podcast. Today we have Lissette. And let me tell you something about this woman. She is amazing and she has been my number one HSP fan since the day I decided to start this whole HSP journey. Um, she was the one that would make the announcements at the school that we had our monthly HSP meeting because I was too nervous to go on the intercom. <laughs> I just remember that. I don't know. I always am like, Lisette, she's the one that will say what needs to be said whenever. I'm too nervous to say it. Um, but yeah, so welcome to the show. Is there anything else you'd like to say about yourself?
1: Well, thank you for welcoming on to your show. This is exciting. It's my first podcast, um, and I think I've only missed one of your meetings um, that you've had at the HSP at school and at your house. I think it's only been one, so pretty pretty proud of myself. You'd like, need I to like a certificate, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> I like would I'll, I'll like one of those. I like those recognition. Perfect <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, what used to bring me in was those donuts. You used to provide donuts at the beginning of our meetings, and I am a foodie, so anytime there's food, I am there. And then you just got me hooked into HSP, and it I feel like it's changed my life. It's Aww. been wonderful, for the better, of course. I was like, wait a second, uh, in
0: what way, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot
1: that's happened, but you know, you gave me the courage to, you know, just to continue on and make choices that are good, better for myself, so Thank you. Oh,
0: I'm glad to hear that. And uh, yes, I'm a little disappointed now with the COVID stuff that we can't have as many snacks when we have the meetings. I'm like, dang it, I need more Trader Joe snacks for people. I know
1: everything's uh, individually wrapped.
0: <laughs> I know, right? But we'll get there again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, thank you for being here. And I've you've been a huge part of my journey as well. Um. And if if you've known, I left the classroom and then I went into this huge deep dive with creativity. Um, it kind of it got me through the pandemic and it got me through the transition that I've gone through in the past, so I say like four years almost. Time's mm-hmm. going by fast. Um so I'm just really curious in asking people this question to start off with. Um, what does creativity mean to you?
1: Ooh, creativity. Well, to me, it's just a way that people express themselves. It can be with words. There's an author named um. Ellen Hopkins, who's my favorite author, and she writes young adult and her way is to express herself through poetry or having like two sides as you're reading. So um, like I said, it could be like creating a story. It can be creating a masterpiece, you know, on a blank canvas, putting a little bit of dots or starting with the dots. It reminds me of the book. Um, I think it's by Peter Reynolds called The Dot. I love that
0: book. Yeah,
1: (laughs) such a good, good message. So that's very encouraging. Um, It's about this uh, girl who doesn't believe she's an artist. And the teacher tells her she has a blank piece of paper. And the teacher tells her like, Oh, that's beautiful. It's a polar bear in a snowstorm. And she's kind of looking at that like, there's nothing there. So she takes (laughs) her pencil and jabs it in the middle. And then her teacher tells her to sign it next day she comes in and it's framed behind the teacher's desk and she's like, oh, I can do better than that. So then um, she just goes on and starts drawing all these dots. It all started with
0: with a dot. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that book. I think as adults, and we've had this conversation before too, as adults, we kind of I've gotten the message that maybe we aren't creative or somewhere along the line someone told us some like a fake story you know something that's not really true but that we ended up believing about ourselves um what do you think are some people's like biggest challenges with creativity?
1: That they're scared to do it wrong that there's the right way to do you know either writing a story um, creating a piece of artwork like to me also creativity is just somebody that can look at something and make it better or leave it better and that can be like organizing your home as well you know they come in they move it they move their house or even a teacher going into their classroom at the beginning of the year they have this space and here's what they can do with it and then they transform you know their bulletin boards and their desk arrangement And you can go in there and you're like, wow, I've never thought of that. I think it's looking um, at something in a different way. And that to me, like, you know, we're used to like everyone's in a straight line or everyone should be doing this or that and everyone does it the same. But I think creativity is when you like think outside of the box.
0: Yeah, it is a little scary. I mean, just thinking about my teaching days and um, when I got a little too creative, And the things that kind of held me back were, you know, those evaluations where people would come in and be like, that's weird. Why are you doing that? Or have you thought that maybe you shouldn't do that? (laughs) I'd be like, I mean, don't hold me back, man. But yeah, yeah. it's hard. It's a hard balance. I think we have that need to be creative, but in a society that maybe doesn't value that as much, we have to not just like run with it. We sometimes have to be a little bit slower in how we approach it. Um, which is is. why I think having the HSP group has been so beneficial for all of us. Can you share a little bit about your art space that you created? Because I'm so proud of you for getting that done.
1: (laughs) Thank you. So in our HSP meetings, we've kind of came up with a goal that we wanted to work on. And mine has been to create an art space. So what would happen is that I like to have everything nice and neat and everything was behind cupboards. So by the time I'm like, you know what, today I feel like creating. And by the time I open up my cupboards and look for the paints and the water and the paintbrushes, and I got the table out and I opened it and I went and got my canvas. And by the time I set the whole table up, I was tired. And at that point, I didn't wanna paint anymore. So as going to your HSP meetings, I would notice um, because I noticed details that everything you had was out and open. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. I could just, I feel like just doodling because I like to doodle. I can just grab that cup of markers and just doodle and then I'm done. And so then I came home and I had to find a place for me so I can have a place to be creative and draw and, and just let my mind go. So I have an office space and I took the doors off and there's shelving and I took everything out of the packaging and got some cups and, um, I'm just, I'm, trying, I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, there's like paper and markers, scissors, coloring books. I mean, all kinds of things, but it's open and I can see what I have and all I, and I have a table in here and now I have a rug so that if I get some color on the floor, it's okay. Cause it's a kind of like very colorful rug and that's what it's meant to be there for. So I have everything ready and, um, I've been going in here when I, um, get the chance to or have the energy to Um, and then I close the door and I have a little water fountain in here it's it's my happy place I have my journals I love that's one of the other things I like to do is journal I got like 20 20 journals but five that I'm you know working on I love quotes like actually there's this quote that I have here in my art room and it's called it says your home should tell the story of who you are and be a collection of what you love. Um, so in this space, I have lots of hearts. Hearts are everywhere. Words like joy. I know you painted me a little a frame that says joy. I have that there. I have um, just, I mean, just it's, it's a mixture of things in here, but it's my happy place. It's the I place where that. things don't always go together, but <laughs> it, it, they do go together because it's that
0: room. <laughs> That uh, it reminds me of that. I don't know if you ever saw that show. I think it was on MTV where people would try to decide if they could go they would want to go on a date based on going into people's rooms. I don't know if you ever saw that. It was like years ago. And so they would go it and room raiders, I think. Yes, yeah. yes, that one. And I'd be like, <laughs> I mean, what would you find in your house if you knew nobody was coming? Like what would it, you know mm. what I mean? And I love that quote. I think it's so true. Um, and the reason why I had you share this story is because when you came up with that goal, and I'm sharing extra information (laughs) that was going on in my head here. When you came up with that goal, I knew it was really important, not just for you, but like mainly HSPs, to really identify that you deserve a space in your own home that's really just for you, and that you deserve to spend time with yourself. Because I think oftentimes, because we are so highly sensitive, we put our families first, which is a great thing to do. But that drains us so much quicker and that leaves us empty so that the next day and you, you know, you work at a school, so you're drained all day. You come home, you're even more drained. And then before you know it, you're exhausted, your body hurts, you're, you know, sick or whatever. And so when you came up with that goal, I'm like, she needs to push through and like, just do it, just do it. And I knew you were going to do it because you've been so consistent with coming to the meetings and showing up. And so that's why I keep bragging to everybody about you. I was like, "Wow, yeah, you did it!" So, <laughs> well, thank uh, Yeah, you. so I'm super proud. Uh, and then one of the other things that always comes up when we're talking in our HSB meetings and you know, whatever, is the journey of motherhood. Oh man! Um, now, <laughs> your oldest daughter was in my very first ever class when I was student teaching when I was still in college, and I, I think this is a huge attribute to the, to the universe and the journey that it takes us on. I think the universe puts certain people in our paths so that we can learn different lessons from them. And there are certain people that keep coming back in your path because you're meant to share more than just that one experience. And so I think of you in that way that, you know, I had your daughter and she was amazing. And I was like, oh man, I love her energy. And then like years later, we end up teaching in the same school. And then you're the one that's like, what happened to the HSB meetings? What's going to happen to them? So I think it's so awesome to have people like that but especially to have people like that in your motherhood journey. Um, so that leads me to the next question which is all about being a mom. Uh, what are your biggest challenges as a mother and the best things about it?
1: Well and I just wanted to share that Ashley is a junior at ASU so oh, don't not, not that to age all. you at all Maria but no but she is doing wonderful. She's, she's amazing. I mean, she, I got blessed yeah. now. It's funny. So I had my daughter, I got pregnant really young and I had my daughter at 17. I was her, her birthday's in August. So I was actually going to turn 18 in December. And I just remember the doctors coming in and, you know, they kept on checking. And then all of a sudden the, my mom went to go get some lunch or something. And a group of doctors came in and I knew something was going on, but I was underage. So they wouldn't share much with me. They just said, well, when's your mom coming back? And I'm like, Oh, she went to get lunch. So she shouldn't take too long. And then as soon as my mom walked in the door, all the doctors came in and they're like, um, we need to do an emergency C-section, you know? Um, so then that happened, but so I, and it was, you know, 17. And I had a little baby, um, I think that a lot of people were like, I would say a lot of people like my family was like, Oh no, you know, here's another one of our, one of our loved ones, you know, having a baby as a baby and now her life is over kind of deal, but I'm very stubborn and rebellious and I'm like, Nope. Yeah. I'm going to keep going because I'm going to show you guys. I don't know. I've always kind of had that mentality. I'm a, I'm a goat greatest of all time. (laughs) So I keep on climbing. Um, So I went to school. So my mom has been my support system. She's been there um, helping me raise my, my kids and my mom's a sweetheart. So I think just, you know, who you surround yourself with really helps you out. Um, I couldn't have, I wouldn't have done it without her. I mean, she watched my baby while I was at school, or if I, I would stay up till two in the morning writing papers. And I, you know, I'm very proud there's a lot of sacrifices, but I'm very proud because I still graduated with the 3.98. And that's one of my things that I tell my daughter. And she's actually trying to beat me. So, <laughs> so now she's like, Mom, I, you know, she's hard on herself when she gets like a B. And I'm like, No, no, Miha, it's okay. And she's like, No, Mom, I'm, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. So she, <laughs> it's a little challenge. So, um, but I'm just, it's a blessing. Now I think, I mean, I love that just. Being able to have this baby in uh, in your belly and then seeing them grow, they grow up so fast. It seems like when they're babies, it lasts forever. But when you look back and you're like, I mean, my baby's already 20. I'm like, where did the time go? Yeah. (laughs) And then my other one just turned 11 and I'm like, what is going on? Like, it's just, it's it's going so fast, but it's also neat to see them explore and become their own person. I think I mean, just seeing my daughter just being a go-getter and if she has questions, she's, you know, she gets answers and she's not afraid to ask for help or clarification. She, she's willing to try anything once and that's what I love about her. Um, my youngest daughter who's 11, she's getting into sports and I've, I could see like a little bit of like that self-esteem kind of coming through and that makes me very proud. So I think we just want to build kids that are confident, creative, loving, kind. I think that's one of the biggest things I I try to instill in my girls is just kindness, being kind to of everybody, you know, the, the head boss and then the person that's cleaning the building, like they're human, they're people, and you need to be equally nice to both.
0: I think you're doing a great job with that. I mean, I didn't have your second daughter in my class, but I did for a little bit when we were doing all the switches and stuff. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, but (laughs) I would say definitely your daughters have that kindness in their hearts. And uh, when I did those teacher days, you know, when you guys had um, to go in for whatever teacher service or whatever, and the parents didn't have anywhere to take their kids. And I would do like a babysitting thing at my house when after I left teaching and I just, I loved, there's something about teacher's kids. Like I can't explain it to other people unless they know teacher's kids. They just have this like way about them because I spend you know, many days with them, um, they just can see something. And I don't know if it's seeing their parents working as teachers or whatever it is, but they see something and they are just the kindest and most creative kids that I've really ever worked with. And your daughters are definitely part of that group of kids. Um, which brings me to my last question. And I, I think I struggle the most with motherhood because I am highly sensitive and it's a great gift we love it we're awesome but it's also very challenging because I'm constantly processing how my actions are going to impact my kids lives and so I'm constantly like all right so I got to do this and I got to be better at this and it's a challenge for me because then I can get caught up in that perfectionistic tendency to think and to want to fix myself so I'm like the best version of myself for them Um, But when I've been asking this question to people, I've been a little kind of like surprised by their answers about how how can we inspire kids to just show up as themselves? I mean, you work with a lot of kids. So what do you think?
1: I just think that we need to like give them the courage and the self-esteem to express themselves. I think a lot of the kids are here to please us. And when we don't give the attention, um, and we ignore them like we I feel like we, you know, break their, their little hearts. So it is challenging. But I think we just need to just kind of breathe and listen to what the kid is telling you and, and praise them, whether it's something really simple or something really, really big. I think it's that it's our job as adults and teachers and parents and aunts and uncles to just um, just I guess what I'm trying to say is just to clap and praise their attempts not to be critical, but also give suggestions maybe like, hmm, what would happen if we mix those two colors together? What do you think would happen? Kind of spark that creativity, that curiosity. Um, And then, or what if we did circles all around or, you know, just like little, just give little suggestions for them to be allowed to um, explore, but also be okay with the mistakes and the messes because it's, it's a messy process. And I noticed that when I kind of step back and allow them to, to make mistakes, it's where they do their, their best learning or growing. But that's okay. hard because as a perfectionist, you want things to be nice and neat and pretty and, you know.
0: Well, that. and I think it's part of that HSB and also all the, you know, we grew up in a completely different time period um i don't know about your your family but you know I, there was a lot put on my shoulders especially moving here from a whole other country and i was the american dream i was the one going to college you know my sister and my brother like we were the ones that were going to shift the dynamics of, of where our family was going um, so it's it's hard to know what you want versus what your family wants for you and so that gets into the whole other thing but it's interesting you say that because today when i picked up diego from school I asked him, hey, you know, I have like, do you want to drive in silence or do you want me to ask questions about your day? Like I have to gauge to see where he's at because other times I just overwhelm him and he just tells me to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he's telling me about, you know, he got a bloody nose today, a really bad one. And it got all in his mask, wearing masks and stuff. And he's like, well, I was crying at first. I'm like, oh, because of your bloody nose. He's like, no, because my friend told me that I always mess everything up. (gasps) Oh, and I was like, my heart broke, and I instantly started projecting all of my fears and insecurities on him, and my mind spiraling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that must have been devastating for him, like his little poor little heart. And then he gets a bloody nose, like this sucks, worst day ever. How am I gonna make him feel better? Like you know, as an HSB, our mind just starts going 100 miles per hour. And I was like, okay, breathe. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And then I said, all right, can you tell me more? Like what happened? He's like, I had to go to the nurse and it was fine. I I guess they have like a little mace in the back of like in their uh, garden area where they can walk the mace so that they can calm themselves down. He's like, yeah, so I was walking the mace when I got the bloody nose. I had to go to the nurse, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, what do you think about when your friend told you that? Like, do you think he messed everything up? He goes, not really. But what he say? he said something like, But mistakes help me learn or something like that. He's like, so yeah. And I was like, so I'm over here like freaking out in my head that he's like so sad about this one comment. And I asked him, I was like, does this friend tell you this often? He's like, no, like maybe she's just having a bad day, or he was kind of like, it happens. I'm not mad at her, but I'm also not gonna let this like bring me way down. And this really made me think today about that, how we project a lot on our kids and half the time they're already like past it oh yeah yeah. you're the one that told me that water always fixes everything like you'll tell your daughter just go get a glass of water water. go drink some water go drink some water and I'm just like it always reminds me that you know things aren't as big as they seem but they're also bigger than we think I don't know if that makes any sense so I'm going to say, yes, it does. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> when he wants to say, hey, can I tell you something about my day? That's like bigger than what I think. But then I'm like making such a big deal about a comment that would have triggered me when I was a kid. So uh, it's, a, it's a hard balance. Um, all right. So we have a few more minutes. And just to follow up to that question of um, when you were a kid, like what were some of the things that made you feel like you were seen and heard and valued for who you were?
1: Well, that was definitely, um, my grandmother, my Nana Eva gets all the credit for that. So my Nana Eva used to, she lived with us in our house. Um, Gosh, there was my dad and my mom, and then I had my aunt and then her kids, and then my aunts would bring their kids. So my house was full of people. And my Nana Eva was the one that was always, she stayed with us and she made us food she made us, she braided my hair, she would take us on walks, and she we would dance and she would always say, "Bravo, bravo, bravo or, you know um she was just such a kind woman um, that always wanted us to go to church and know her God and um, she so I think her, you know my my grandmother gave. Gave me that sense of love, unconditional love. No matter what I did, she just loved me and loved everybody. And I would, all the cousins would um, have a a fight about who's the favorite. So I would be like, I'm her favorite. I'm her favorite. And and we would ask Nana, you know, Nana, you know, ¿Quién es tu favorita? And she'll be like, todos, todos. I never got, I was never satisfied with her answer. But I knew deep down inside that I was her favorite. And that, and even her kids. So my aunts and uncles, even they would fight too. Like, oh, yo soy el favorito and this and that. But she loved everybody equally. You're like, nah, she loved me more. <laughs> I know, I was like, nah, I'm, w- I'm winking, but <laughs> she, I was her, her favorite. So I would say my grandmother. Um, another thing too, I mean, my birthday's on Christmas, so talk about being seen. Christmas <laughs> is my birthday, and everyone's there to, you know, gather around. So just having the whole family always celebrate and sing happy birthday and do merry Christmas, and you know, I, I, I have been blessed with fiends being, being seen so that's yeah very different
0: <laughs> you say that about your your nana and I just instantly think of one of my favorite aunts um she never got married or had kids but she was that person for all the cousins as well and it's, when I think about creativity and I think about my gifts as a highly sensitive person like she always comes to mind as well like if I can just live life half as much as she did in the way that she did it then I think I'll be okay and that just you know, when I'm frazzled or I'm stressed or the day is going not the way I planned or, you know, when I was teaching, like I would be all anxious about everything. And that, what that thought just always brought me back to the present moment of, if we can just live our lives the way that people that we love so much can just do that, then I think we'll be okay. And I think our kids will be more than okay, you know? Um, I love that.
1: No, I love that. And I think I need to do that too. Sometimes I'm hard on myself. Like I don't feel like I'm doing enough, but then I have to, I, I need to start remembering and reminding myself that if my Nana was right here watching me, she would be clapping for me. Bravo, bravo, bravo. (laughs) Definitely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, is there anything else you want to share or anything else you want to say about the conversation we've had?
1: Well, um, just uh, like I said, I'm a quote person, and there was this other quote. So I have this book that actually my daughter gave to me for my birthday, um, and it has like a quote and like little reflections. And I, I sent this to you because it reminded me, it's uh, by John O'Donohue, and it says, where you are understood, you are at home. And I think that that's why I haven't missed any HSP meetings, like I make <laughs> it a point like, I need to go because you're that place for me, I feel understood there, um, knowing that you're that I'm surrounded by like caring loving supportive people that lets me be me, I can let my guard down and it's very therapeutic and it's a way for me to recharge my batteries. So you are special. And like I tell you, you're my Brene Brown. I know you're a big <laughs> fan of Brene Brown, but you're my Brene Brown. I you're my that. Maria like, Plata.
0: <laughs> I'm the Mexican Brene Brown. No, no, right? So
1: <laughs> I just, you know, thank you for, for doing that because I you, really... you're a lifesaver.
0: Oh, you okay. love you guys. <laughs> you know, every time you say something like that, I'm like, don't cry, don't cry. And then I'm going <laughs> to hang up and be like, that was so sweet, I'm crying. <laughs> All right, well, I will let you know when this airs. Um, I'll stop recording now.